God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. And, and you know, right here from Southeast Texas, the word of God is going around the world 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's coming into your home right now, into your, into your business, into, you know, perhaps on a cell phone, you know, maybe you're in a car and you're listening because, uh, you know, don't be watching and driving by the way, but uh, wherever you may be, uh, whether you're watching this live right now, or whether you're watching it from our archived, uh, um, um, videos, messages, uh, God bless you. I want you to know that the Word of God is just as powerful, whether it's live or archived. And many of you are watching it right now because you're getting ready this week, perhaps today or tomorrow. Uh, you're getting ready to teach this particular lesson. I want to thank those of you so much that are involved in sharing what you're learning. This particular life-shaped message tonight is a very important message. As you know, we are in module number three. We've been doing this now uh, for a good while. Each module contains 12 lessons. There's going to be four modules all in all. And for those of you that are uh, listening to this, you know, uh, maybe English is not uh, you know, your first language. Uh, hopefully, by now, we have this translated into your language. If it is not, you contact us, and we will help. Uh, to provide those training materials for you in uh, the, 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 the language that you best understand and language that you can best disseminate it in, okay? God bless you. And it's already translated now in, I think, Russian and Swahili and uh, oh, uh, Hindi and uh, some other languages, whatever they are. But uh, anyway, uh, God bless you and thanks. We are determined to be a part of the answer. You know, anyone can curse the darkness, uh, anyone can look at the darkness and curse the darkness. But God wants us to light a lamp. Glory. We're not just talking about how bad things are, but rather we are lifting up an answer to every difficult thing we may face. The answer is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And the Bible tells us from 2 Chronicles seven fourteen that if we, His people, would but humble ourselves. What does that mean? That means recognize and admit our dependence upon Him. If we would just recognize He's the answer. Okay? If we would humble ourselves and pray and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, He would hear us, He would forgive us, and He would heal our land. We believe that. Tonight we've been praying as we have each night now. This is the 29th week we've come together this year. And I'm encouraging you, make sure you make time to pray according to 2 Chronicles 7.14. And then as you share in this lesson and as you teach this lesson to others, okay, uh, encourage them to develop that lifestyle of prayer in seeking God's will. And not just seeking God to help them, but seeking how they also can help God. Are you guys ready for tonight's lesson? Oh, I am. I loved. Uh, I, I love this topic. In fact, it's a it's a subject that I could have approached from so many different ways. I had a hard time today of uh, finding how to do it. In fact, this morning when I first got up, I secluded myself and and. Uh, um, you know, my office got a little concerned about me. They sent word to me uh, uh, later uh, about, I don't know, 3, 3.30 or 4 o'clock this afternoon that they were concerned about me because they hadn't heard from me all day. But I had been secluded. I secluded myself and just studied the Word of God all day long and, and prayed and just sought God how to share this because I wanted to make sure once again that I didn't just give you, you know, uh, some facet that I came up with or, or some, you know, uh, 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 revelation that, that is, is good, but, but uh, you know... Uh, the, 
is not you know, the facet that God wanted. And so uh, open up your ears tonight. We're going to look at module three. We're in, a, in, in, in the module of new creation responsibilities. What does that mean? Well, new creation responsibilities means that now we are, now that we are born again, now that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, what is our responsibility what does God want us to do since we are born again? So our new creation responsibilities, block number three tonight, uh, is concerning leadership. Leadership. Do you know God wants us to be leaders? It's a responsibility of a person who is born again to take up on a leadership role in life. We are destined, equipped, and, and commanded to lead others, to, to influence others, actually, you know, uh, 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 to come to Christ and to, to be more like Christ. Well, uh, even though we are called of God to lead and called of God to be an influence for Him, uh, there is a difference between leadership and influence, by the way. You know, uh, you, you can influence people and not really be a leader. You know, true leadership requires um, a heart for those that are following, more than just influencing other people. You know, uh, uh, true leadership, the leadership that God wants us to demonstrate, of course it involves influence, but, uh, but true leadership requires a heart for those that are following. It requires passion on our part. True leadership requires a conviction. True leadership requires a real sense of direction in life uh, so that we know where we're going. And, and most of all, a true leadership requires the right perspective on why we lead, on what God expects from us in life. How does God expect us to influence others? You know, the right perspective. You see, leadership is more than just merely occupying a position at the front of a parade. Okay? Are you with me? Leadership is more than just occupying a position that the world might recognize as a leader. Leadership is more than just being the president of the United States. Leadership is more than just being a mother or a father. Leadership is more than just being a congressman or a policeman. Leadership requires heart, passion, conviction. It requires a sense of direction and a connection, a care for those who are following behind. Our key scripture for tonight comes from Matthew, the 23rd chapter in verse 11. This is what the Bible says. Jesus was speaking. He was telling those who were listening. He says, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. You see, the world has things upside down. In fact, if you really want to know what God thinks, many times you can just turn on the news and turn it upside down. Okay? Hello. You turn on commentators, turn on your, uh, you know, people. Uh, it doesn't matter whether they're right wing or left wing. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, a pro-Democrat or pro-Republican. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, uh, white or, or, or brown or black or, 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 or uh, yellow. Is yellow politically correct now uh, for Asians? I don't know. Forgive me. I'm not really too up on what's political correct. Why? Because uh, it's, it's uh, again, it's kind of upside down. Okay, upside. Uh, for example, uh, 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 in 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 uh, many people say that uh, uh, a man's best friend is who? Dog. Dog is a man's best friend. Well, just spell dog backwards in English. 
Yeah, okay, it's just upside down, that's all. It's just backwards. I mean, everything is backwards. Uh, and so uh, don't believe what the world has to say. Many times you can back up and turn it upside down and be closer to the truth, all right? Uh, just because the world looks at leaders as great people uh, doesn't mean that God does. God says, he who would be first among you in another place, you know, let him become your slave, here, the Bible says, he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's kind of backwards from what many people's approach to leadership would be. A couple of years ago, my niece and I were uh, driving back from Austin, Texas. We were on Highway 290 that comes from Austin toward Houston. And, you know, it's a nice big four-lane highway. And, you know, the speed limits at that time was about 70 or so, you know, and for long stretches. And, and you know, uh, that's one of the reasons we chose that in some, in, in, instead of some of the alternate routes that were only two-lane is because, you know, most of the time it, it allows for uninhibited traffic flow. Uh, I mean, you have two lanes going each direction, and the speed limit at that time was 70, 75 now. And so uh, we were coming back and... And uh, we were, we were uh, you know, as we were driving down, you know, running uh, uh, close to the speed limit, I saw ahead of us a, a line of cars that looked like they were backed up into both lanes. And so we kind of pulled up behind those cars and, and kind of you know, moved over into the passing lane. By the way, that is not the lane in America that I'm going the speed limit lane. Okay, that's the passing lane, okay? And I, I, I moved over into the passing lane and slowed down with the flow of traffic, you know, about 15 or 20 miles an hour under the speed limit. And I mean, there were, you know, 15 or 20 cars ahead of us in each lane. And it was just, you know, uh, it was, we were sitting there and, and soon uh, uh, cars began to stack up behind us. And some of them were jockeying for position. They would pull over in the, in, in, into the right lane. And, you know, when they thought they might have an advantage of getting ahead of one car, and then they would, you know, sometimes, you know, crowd in in front of you. I mean, it's real dangerous, you know. And, and, and we're, we're all running along, as I said, you know, uh, somewhere about 50, you know, 50 miles an hour, you know, 55, sometimes 40. And just running along this this long train of cars running along, and and so uh, 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 rather than get frustrated, uh, my niece and I decided that we were just going to discuss it a little bit and see if we could discover some parallel truths from God's word and as, as to what we were going through. I mean, you know, rather than get frustrated, you may as well get educated. If you're going to go through something anyway, you may as well see how what you're going through can apply to life. And so as we're running along there for several miles, I mean, if, I, if I'd known the lesson was going to last this long, I'd pulled over and got me something to drink before I went back to class. But, but uh, here, the class would have still been there, I promise you. Uh, but it was just long and it was, you know, just, just tiring. But, but we had a good mind and we were, you know, just going along in the flow of traffic, trying to stay out of any accidents or problems. And, and uh, you know, uh, as, as we went up hills and down hills and around long, lazy curves, I could see way up ahead and uh, often on the hills, you know, I could tell what the problem was. Immediately, the, the problem, once I saw it, was immediately identifiable. In the front of this long train, this long procession of cars, were two cars running along almost side by side, and they were going about 50 to 55, and you know, even slowing down a little bit more. They weren't paying attention, and they were just you know, running along, uh, um, refusing either one of them to get out of their comfort zone, uh, completely disconnected from all 
all of the problems they were causing. And so as we were riding along discussing this, uh, Tina and I, we, we, uh, 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 we came up with a really, uh, really good principle. In fact, it was so good that, that uh, later that night when I got home, hours and hours later when I got home, uh, I ended up uh, 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 you know, uh, posting it on Facebook as a principle uh, that, uh, of, of life. And the principle is, 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 is that simply, you know, um, not everyone who is in front with people following them is a leader. Sometimes they're a roadblock. <laughs> not everyone who is out front, not everyone who has people following them, not everyone who has a large group going in the same direction they are and they're in front of that group, not every one of those people really qualifies or is automatically a leader. You know, uh, some of them um, are just in front of the crowd. And some of them are perhaps, as I said, a roadblock. You see, true leadership is more than just occupying a position at the front of the line. True leadership is more than just standing on top. True leadership is more than just having a title or, 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 or being out front influencing others. You see, those two cars in front were influencing every one of us. They were influencing us but they were not leading us in a way that they should have been leading us. You see, leadership requires a connection. It requires a care and a concern for those who are following along behind. Unless there is a connection and a care and a concern for those who are following, perhaps we are not demonstrating the true heart of a leader. Uh, leadership is more than just going somewhere. Uh, it is first and foremost helping others get where they are going and helping others uh, you know, get what they need. It's difficult to lead, by the way, when you do not respect the laws of life. It's difficult to lead when you have no respect and you do not obey the truth, the law. Leadership says this, true leadership says, come go with me. True leadership says, come do what I do. True leadership says, come and get what I get. True leadership says, end up where I end up. Let's go together and I will help you get there. True leadership says, let me serve you. Let me facilitate you. Let me be your parent. Let me be your congressman. Let me be your pastor. Let me be your teacher. Go where I go. Do what I do. Get what I get. End up where I end up. Let me help you get where you are going. Let's go there together, and I will help you. That's true leadership. Uh, unless everyone gets what the leader gets... It's not true leadership. Instead, it might be manipulation or at best disconnection. But unless everyone gets, unless everyone ends up where and with the same blessings that the leader ends up with, take Jesus for example, okay. uh, unless everyone gets what the leader gets, it may not be true leadership. It, 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 it might be manipulation uh, or it might be rather designed to achieve someone else's selfish ambition or personal goals or, or they may be completely disconnected to even where they are going. 
There is a difference between you know, uh, um, um, helping others reach their God-given goals and using others to reach personal goals. There's a difference between leaders and people who merely want to influence someone to gain a best advantage or perhaps are even disconnected and don't even realize they have children in the house. Don't even realize that our nation is suffering without any conscious consideration that what they are doing is a roadblock to helping matters get along. As I said, there's a difference between helping others reach God's goals for their life and using others to get what we want. And just because we have influence with people does not mean uh, that we show up on God's list of approved leaders. Leaders should have influence, but not everyone who has influence is a leader. And by the way, God called, God ordained, and God-approved leaders don't just influence others. They have influence with God as well. You see, someone who is leading others, someone who is serving others, that individual not only influences those who are following, but every true leader also has influence with God. God will speak to a true leader when that leader is committed to serving those who are following them. God leads leaders. Nonetheless, uh, each born-again believer, no matter what situation you may set in today, no matter what your history may have been, each born-again believer is called by God and given a God-given responsibility to influence other individuals so that they may lead them to be more like Christ by serving them. How can we fulfill our God-given leadership responsibilities? How can we at home, at work, how can we at school, how can we in our community or at church you know, be uh, approved as a leader? Well, to better understand God's perspective, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to a passage of Scripture in the book of Philippians. Philippians, the second chapter. We're going to read this passage and we're going to uh, see how God describes the mindset of a true leader. This passage reflects on the life and the attitude and the mindset of Jesus Christ. This passage helps us to discover truths and principles about leadership and how we should think and the perspective with which we should approach our leadership responsibilities. We'll begin reading in Philippians, the second chapter, with verse 5. I encourage you to read the whole book of Philippians to get this in context. And don't just read through it once. Let me challenge you. Sometime during this week, you know, the book of Philippians is a, is a relatively small and short book. Read this book five or six times. Why not read it every day? Why not read it five times one day? Then perhaps you can understand a little better in context what the Word is saying as it's reflecting on Jesus' mindset here. But for now, we'll begin with verse 5, reading from the New King James Version. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's going to tell us about how Jesus thought, the mindset of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, 
The Bible says that he took the form of a servant. He took the form of a bondservant, specifically in the New King James. This particular bondservant is one who chose to be a servant. One who chose to be enslaved to this master. But Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9 says, therefore God hath highly exalted him. And of course it goes on to say, and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here, this paints a picture of two critical things that God shows us, which are elements of leadership. There are two things, it seems, that God values in leadership above other things. Two things that He valued in His Son. And this mindset that Jesus has, very identifiable. You can easily see from this passage that one of the things that God values in leadership is the element of humility. Humility. What does humility mean? Again, humility uh, uh, sets juxtaposed to pride or arrogance or even a sense of entitlement. You see, Jesus, though He was, you know, uh, in the form of God. He did not think it would be robbery to be equal with God, Philippians says. He had a justified entitlement to stand in the face of God, equal with God. He was not robbing God to be equal with Him, but yet He did not take upon Himself or seek for Himself a reputation. He humbled Himself and became what the second element of leadership is, obedient. He was obedient. You see, humility and obedience are critical factors in leadership. Jesus was humble. He was entitled, but He did not embrace that sense of entitlement. And if Jesus did not just choose to feel as though that He had a right to be God, but rather humbled himself and became obedient. He humbled himself and became a bond servant. And through his obedience, instead of self-will, instead of personal ambition, instead of uh, you know, uh, doing what he wanted, as you know in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, God, I don't want to do this. But not my will, your will be done. I submit my will to your will. And he became obedient even unto death, and even the death, the cruel death of the cross. You see, a leader must value obedience. A leader must humble themselves. And without pride and without a sense of entitlement, without feeling as though they have rights, they must humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and also become obedient. A leader must value obedience not only in others, but first in themselves. You see, we cannot ask others to give or to do things that we are unwilling to first give or first do. Perhaps one reason why some parents, some teachers, 
some uh, you know, preachers, some politicians, perhaps the reasons why some who are in leadership positions have trouble getting their followers to obey them is because those leaders do not obey themselves. It seems rather difficult to encourage a child to straighten up when you yourself, as a parent, are disobeying God. It seems rather hypocritical for a politician to vote that they do not have to come under the same restrictions as do their constituents. It seems rather hypocritical for one person to require of another something which they are unwilling to fulfill themselves. You see, leadership requires that we humble ourselves, that we don't stand as a leader above and apart from others, and as well that we do not feel better or more privileged than others, but rather we harness ourselves and become obedient to the very same things we are asking others to do. A servant without a master may do harm, but a leader without a master may destroy the world. Even leaders have to obey. Even leaders should humble themselves and obey. While the world looks for a leader to make a way, God is looking for a follower, looking for a servant who just knows the way and can help others along the way. While many are looking for a leader who would tell them which way to go, God is just looking for a servant whom He could exalt so that they might show others the way that has already been foretold. According to the Scripture, leadership is based on service to others. And a leader who will not obey God and serve his followers is no leader that God will support. We have a responsibility as a born-again believer to be leaders in our home, leaders in our community, leaders among our friends, leaders at school, leaders on the job, leaders in our church, leaders in our nation. But how can we lead if we will not first follow God? How can we lead except we are willing to serve? Well, that brings us to our important points tonight. Isn't it amazing how quick time goes here, quickly this goes? I'm already one minute and 13 seconds over my allotted time. My, my. Well... Let's get to our important points rather quickly. Are you ready, Pastor Ken? Important point number one. Now, these important points are designed so that we might understand how to interpret the Scriptures we have read and how to understand the key Scripture, which was if we want to be greatest, if we want to be great, we must become a servant, okay? Whoever will be great will be your servant. So let's look at our important points so that we may understand our teaching for tonight and we can put a better handle on leadership, our kingdom responsibility. Important point number one, one is not a leader simply because others are following. Okay? It's important to realize you know, uh, you're not a leader just because other people are following you. 
You remember, leadership requires heart and conviction and passion, a sense of direction and a connection and a care for those who are following. The position is not enough. Point number two, leadership is more than influence. Leadership is more than someone just telling you what they need you to do because they may be serving some personal agenda, some you know, selfish ambition. Again, leadership is more than just someone in your life who is exerting influence, more than just those two cars in the front of that pack who were influencing me, but in no way could I say they were leading me, serving me, helping me to get where they were going, even though they were influencing me. Point number three, whoever desires to be great must obey God and serve others. That's the correct balance. Our obedience is to God, our service to others. We will never please God unless we serve others. And we will never rightly influence others until we influence them to follow us as we follow Christ. Point number four, God exalts true humility. That's what the Word of God says. That's why He exalted Christ. And God hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name above every name. Why? Because of His humility, because of His obedience, yes. Do you know Jesus did not have to? The Bible says He could have called 10,000 angels and He would still have been the Son of God. He would still have been accepted in heaven. He was without sin, but He chose to obey rather than to do it His way. And for that, God highly exalted him. An important point number five. We are responsible to lead others to be like Christ. Our new creation responsibility, obey God, serve others, lead others, influence others to be like Christ.